Uh, those are hot dogs, right? Yeah. Want one? Mm, yeah, I'd love one. That'll be two bucks. Check. Yeah, but it's a good check. See, Chris's mom wrote it to Chris because Chris bought her something. I can't remember what. Then I bought Chris some press-on nails. I gave Chris the difference, and she wrote the check over to me. So I'll write the check over to you. You keep the difference, and I'll uh, take the hot dog. So you got a pen? Get out of here. Wait! I'm starving. You'd rather throw it away than give it to me. I work on a cash-only basis. But it's a perfectly good check. No! I'll make it very clear. You slip me the cash, and I'll slip you the wiener. But I don't have any cash. Then I don't have a wiener! <gasps> What you made me view. Look what you made me view. Look what you just made me view. Look what you just made me view. Look what you made me view. Look what you made me view. Look what you just made me view. Look what you just made me view. Ah, welcome everybody to Look What You Made Me View. I am Ryan. And I'm Kaylee. And don't fuck with the babysitter. <laughs> that is the message this week. We watched Adventures in Babysitting. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. So, um, geez, uh, I watched it all the time. That's all I remember. And watching it again now, I guess I haven't seen this in ooh, <laughs> a very, very long time. Uh, over 15 years, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, around 15 years, maybe. But... Uh, so looking back at it now, it was uh, <laughs> a lot of things make sense. Let me just put it this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I watched a lot of movies by myself and I guess, uh, you know, picked up a lot of habits or perceptions. So um, this is a movie that uh, affected me, I guess. Uh, it was one of my first memorable movies uh, that I remember watching. So um, this movie is about a young lady who gets stood up her 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 man ha, uh is sick so uh she's got the night off she thought she was going to go on a nice date and she gets called to babysit a family uh she thought she was out of the babysitting game but she gets back in for the night what else is she going to do uh trouble ensues things happen mm-hmm. girlfriend oof. <laughs> this is something that we need to get into that i don't remember from uh my early viewings but uh yeah has to go help the girlfriend uh that's what brings them all to the city and uh yeah all kinds of crazy stuff happens everybody's safe at the end adventures in babysitting true to its title uh i'm about to lay it out the whole damn thing you ready ryan mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Let's, let's hear your version of this. In a world where Venmo does not yet exist, one girl who could be part a part-time model gets stood up by her boyfriend on their anniversary. Her mom then volunteers her to babysit a girl-slash-Thor enthusiast and her full-grown 15-year-old brother, plus his weird, horny friend for some reason. Uh, then Barb, I mean Brenda, <laughs> calls yeah. and needs rescuing. Then Jason Manzukis walks out of a tow truck. <sighs> uh, then Lethal Weapon happens. Then Taken happens. Then The Goonies happens. Then we walk onto the set of The Jazz Singer. Then West Side Story <laughs> happens. And then finally <clears throat> Die Hard happens. And we end with Ferris Bueller. That's wow. the movie. Oh, wow. And couldn't have been said better, honestly. I kept thinking the whole time, this is everything. This movie has every fucking thing from every other movie. It's Chris fucking Columbus. Of course it has everything. Directorial debut. um, 
Is this really? Yeah, his first film. You're kidding me. Um, no, it is not. Yeah, yeah, apparently no. it is. So, gosh, you mentioned so many things. I would just love to break down your synopsis there because you touch on so many things. The girl uh-huh. uh, with the Thor helmet. Sarah. Sarah. The star of the film, hands down. Bomb-ass woman. I um, love her. Just the immediate image of her in the Thor helmet is pretty fucking cool. So, uh, apparently it was going to be... Uh, Somebody else, she was going to, um, God, I can't remember who it was. I'll look it up. Uh, it was going to be like another superhero? Yes. Or it was, oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, and he loved Thor so much. Wait, wait, wait. Chris Columbus loved Thor so yeah, much. Yeah, sorry, the director, Chris Columbus. Okay, okay. Um, Dude. Yeah, it was, oh, He-Man and She-Ra. Oh, see, that Which is very so timely, much- right? Yeah, I was yeah, probably, yeah. Because there are numerous uh, product plugs in this film. Um, there are the crunch bars being one of them. I was waiting for Crystal Pepsi to show up. I needed that, but <laughs> I think that that's, this is a little bit too early for that. But um, God, so excited to talk about this movie. No, actually. okay. So can excited. I just? I'm gonna come out and say, like, of all the movies that you have forced me to watch, even prior to us making this a podcast, right. this is my favorite. I knew you'd like. like this. I loved I this movie. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be like scary. You know, uh, I thought it was like a spooky movie. And it is in parts, right? Um, There's a couple things. No, I don't well, think it's scary. I think it's a uh, My butthole was tight uh, watching the uh The diehard scene. scene. Yeah. yeah, the diehard scene. That made me very nervous for that little girl. Yeah. No, that's totally <laughs> Having fair. a little girl, it makes you think... It, yeah, it made me think of that differently. Oh, man. Of course, I'm picturing like our little girl in that situation. That's, that's tense. But, yeah. I mean, if I was a kid watching this, and I so right. wish I was... Right. You know, if I was a kid watching this movie, I think, yeah, this girl's awesome. Like, that's so badass that she's out on that that building doing what she's doing. <laughs> and I, I probably thought that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it well, only... the poster is them on the building as well. You think they're right. all going to get out there at some point because the poster leads you to believe that that's what's going to happen. But um, no. Right. No. Wow. Uh, I don't know how to start unpacking it. Um, yeah. I think let's walk through your summary a little bit. Okay. Uh, so okay. We, we talked about the girl, the young lady, Sarah, who is in the Thor helmet. And Super awesome. Thor. Yeah. Then we've got the the brother, the 15-year-old brother. Okay. So he, uh, just <laughs> make sure that I got this right. Where do you want to start with him? He was supposed to go to a sleepover, and that's why he ends up... That, yeah, because okay. we were both wondering why the hell there's a babysitter in the first place. He seems to be of age of babysitting, but he was going to yeah. go stay the night at his buddy's house, so he wasn't going to be there. So um, uh, Chris, mm-hmm. our star, mm-hmm. uh, Elizabeth Shue, uh, the beautiful Elizabeth Shue. Oh, got my God. Totally we got to get into movie. that, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's supposed to be gone. His hair... <laughs> it's <laughs> a perm it's it okay so he already reminds me of a young My- mike myers right Ooh, yeah. um, and mike myers i think rocks that haircut in early movies and early snl stuff mm-hmm. um but it's like there's so much space uh-huh. i don't know it's like a jungle in the middle of his head <laughs> or like a greasy jungle a, a crispy jungle crispy yeah, jungle probably hair spray good. or something right so it's locked in but yeah oh boy his haircut is weird uh, I just, it's a choice. I think the only person in this movie who actually has good hair is Chris. 
and Sarah. Sarah's yeah. adorable. Like I just yeah, hate down Sarah's, Sarah's the best. Sarah's not about hair. Yeah. Sarah is very much a Louise, Bob's Burgers Louise. She's uh, kind of like, tomboyish. Yeah. Um, just like straight balls to the wall attitude. Less um, Perceptive as hell. Like, um, yeah, she's she's cool, man. She owns it. Like that. That's exactly what I wanted to be as a kid. I think yeah, that's why yeah. I wanted to see this movie in my childhood, like watching this movie, I wanted to be a child experiencing this movie for the first time. And it was all because of Sarah. Like, she is just so cool. Yeah, I think this is one of those movies uh, where you start to identify with the characters depending on who, like, where you are in life, I guess. Like there are friends, if you're well, a Rachel, or like, well, is that what you're saying? Sort of, yeah. But I think this is a generational thing, in, not generational per se, but age thing because you have the younger kid you have the teenager mm. you have the almost adult um so yeah i think you start to pick who you identify with there's no real central character in my mind i think you could right. follow any of them and see them as the main character obviously the babysitter is meant to be but geez this is just as much about sarah or um it's definitely <clears throat> focused on Chris. Chris yeah. is, she starts the whole movie with that amazing, like, drag montage that every 80s movie needs. Right. You know, when she's, like, putting on her makeup and her outfit to some 50s bop or whatever. It's centered around Chris. But at the same time, I think you raise a great point in saying that it could be anybody's movie. And that's, yeah. that's a fascinating way to tell a story. Yeah. And how many movies in the 80s do we get with this, uh, this woman's perspective, um, a woman, you know, coming of age and everything. This is a very kind of unique tale to be telling mm -hmm. at that time. Uh, a young girl becoming a, uh, or a girl becoming a young woman. Right. Um, well, uh, this is on brand with a lot of other movies. I know, uh, Chris Colombo has also worked with John Hughes, whom I have expressed, undying love for several times on this podcast right. um this is very 16 candles it's very on brand with that style of storytelling where it's a woman coming of age and she's like on the brink of womanhood but she isn't quite there and this is the turning point you know she has to like dive into this childhood this childlike behavior in order to fully push herself into womanhood when she ends up with the college guy at the end of the film. Yeah. I, I mean, I, to me, it's a, she hasn't lived yet. She, yeah. She's already ready to settle down with this adult guy. You know, he's a lot of, how much older is that guy than her? God, I could no not idea. fucking tell how much older he was supposed to be uh, with his so cool license. Plate. Also, the fuck? Like, she's gorgeous. She is so pretty. And I know, you know, uh, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what she looks like. But this guy sucks very clearly. And she seems way too confident and way too headstrong to be with a guy like this. I thought that was a bad uh, plot point. I don't know what else to call it. It's a pitfall in the storytelling, for sure. It's typical. Um, yeah. I, and that's part of the thing where it looks like it's going to be just another one of those movies where she's obsessing over this guy and it's going to be all about him. But mm -hmm. in fact, she kind of ignores the whole thing and starts to have interest, you know, new interests throughout this movie. Yeah. Uh, what's the homie's name? Uh, the Terrence Trent Darby looking dude, uh, who, the Jack who, the car. Who, 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 
Who are you talking about? Your favorite dude. Um, the, the carjacker guy. Oh, Joe Gibb. Joe Gibb. Joe Gibb's the man. Yes. I thought that was the more interesting love story there, but... See, this is telling. This is how into this movie I know him. I know these characters' names, and yeah, I've seen this I'm movie, saying. like, once. It's a good one, dude. Yeah. No, I, I, I can't express how much I loved it. There was, like, uh, an inner joy that I felt while watching this. Very refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> there are some things I could have done without, but um, overall, yeah, love. Lots of love. Okay. I mean, we could, I, th- I feel like we could, we could talk about this one for a while. Um, I do have some stuff I want to talk let's get about into it, for man. sure. Let's get into okay, it. Okay. Uh, well, what is the babysitting H window? Yeah. Okay. So this is all about like that coming into womanhood story. It's very buildings Ramon. What is this window that she is exiting? Yeah. She claims to be too old for babysitting. Am I, t- or she questions it, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, I'm assuming never in your life have you babysat. No, actually. No. Okay. I have pet set, house set, <laughs> set on everything but babies. Okay. So I think from my own personal experience, babysitting window is like 12 to 16. 12. Okay. 12 to 16. I remember yeah. getting paid for babysitting at 12 yeah, for sure. I could see it. Uh, well, yeah, I, she's not too old. She's 17. Yeah. It's so close to when I stopped babysitting, but I definitely I don't think you stop babysitting till you're out of college. I mean, I could see college students doing that. That's like the perfect thing for college. We literally students. have college students exactly. who babysit our kids, exactly. which might be, I don't know. Is it weird that I would trust a 16 year old with my kid more than I trust a college that girl? That is weird actually. Yeah, oh man. Sure. But I understand where you're coming from because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, she, uh, I like the line about what is the babysitting age window? You know, her saying that she's too old for it. That's like at the beginning of the movie, we instantly get this jump that like, okay, she is entering womanhood. She's done with the teenage life. She wants to be full on woman. Um, yeah, my next uh, point for going chronologically in the movie is uh, Sarah says, Thor's my hero. And the brother responds by saying, Thor's a homo? Yeah. Por que no los dos? Why, why can't he be both? Uh, well, it's 1987. Yeah. And lots of homophobia everywhere. God. Uh, that's, that, that's all you can say is it's a, it's a product of its time. You could replace that with like, um, pee-pee head. <laughs> and because it comes up later. So he's got to he's got to diss Thor in some way. He's got to. Sure. You can't just say why is he got to we don't need that. That's just, you know, derogatory comments but I think uh, about homosexuals blah blah blah. The mechanic later in the movie takes particular umbrage with the fact that he is called a homosexual. Right. So it's got to be something that would still offend him later in the movie. Right. But you could you could just replace that easily. So sure. you update this movie word for word, shot for shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clearly, you can still change that. Somehow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I wonder, because there... We Which I appreciate, find... because, you know, uh, homophobia, just for the sake of it, is fucked up. But homophobia, which is just misplaced comedy, like it's not funny, mm-hmm. actually, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you could have put something else in there. It, it works like you just put that in there because you're lazy. Uh, to me, in my conspiracy mind, it's just crowd control. Like, oh, Thor can't be a hero and homo. Yeah. But yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm certain that they, you know, had to play off of the fact that she's a girl that loves Thor in some way. So, yeah. Sure. Uh, she's a girl and she likes him. So he's not masculine. Yeah. Right. No, and she's also a child, so we don't need to prescribe sexuality to a child. Yeah. So, as kind of archaic as some of the language is in this mm-hmm. movie, it's still, you could update it very, very fucking easily. Like, it's not inherently um, of its time. No. There are just certain pieces of it that, yeah. And they have. We haven't watched the rebooted movie, but. There is a reboot. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so. That I was fucking disappointed to see that because this should not be remade unless you're going to do it really true to form. Now, now we have not seen the remake. We haven't. We're passing judgment. Uh, it looks should, so bo- Disney. Bonus episode. We watched the remake. I like this idea. Yeah, yeah. I will concede to that. Yeah. I don't want to, though, because this is so good. Like what? Yeah. It's like uh, when they were talking about redoing Ferris Bueller with the guy from Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is now super ironic having watched this movie. Well, they movie. did the commercial with him already. So, yeah. And that looked good. So just, no, I'm, I'm for it and against it. I, I feel very divided on this. Ferris Bueller is like a, a gem, you know, yeah. it's a genuinely yeah. good And there are shades film. of that in this movie. Yes. Yeah, definitely. You can what? tell like they're borrowing from each other yeah. for sure. Yeah. Good movies, man. But the Playboy is there throughout the movie. Um, yes. Oh. And Chris is maybe a part-time model. Um, I don't know. Yeah, we're not sure. They never, ever no. clear up why it looks like her. No. Now, one of the facts that I read is Elizabeth Shue claims that that's one of her most difficult things that she's ever done in a movie is pose for those fake Playboy pictures. Okay, so it is actually It is literally her. Fascinating. Yes. Wow. And it, it's pretty clear that it's her. I mean, yeah. It, it, who else looks like that? Yeah. She so, has a very unique look. The hair is exactly the fucking same. And, yeah. and, and everybody keeps mistaking. And that's intentional. But why? But why? There's, it's never resolved as, no. as, as to why that would possibly be. And even she doesn't deny it in a way that makes you think that's definitely not her. I was waiting for a moment where like the sleazy boyfriend sold her f- photos right yeah that's what and, and maybe kind of that connection. is a b story that they cut out somehow Ooh. or not a b story it'd be more like a c or d in the, yeah deep in there but um not even story but um gosh it, it seemed like there should have been a reason for that the only reason that i can come up with is uh the girl next door theory you know like uh they want Chris to be the girl next door. She's so it's very, symbolic. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Ooh, I think okay. there's symbolism here, yeah. but they really don't attach it to anything else. So it just kind of like floats out in the movie and it, it really doesn't land. Uh, I thought it was funny in some parts, but completely unnecessary. Like we don't need it. <laughs> and it shows up what, the so Playboy? often. Yes. Oh no, the Playboy is the, it's, it's the grail. It is everything in that movie. I don't know. It's the whole reason they're uh, being chased. 
I know so little about Playboy in the 80s. And isn't that crazy, though, that the March issue of this Playboy Mm -hmm. is so pervasive that it was able to travel from the (laughs) teenager's pocket to uh, wherever. Where did that copy go? Oh, they just uh, tossed yeah. it. Out the, he tossed it out the fucking window. That's gone. They're driving, so he slips out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that was weird because we're looking at it in the back scene. And it's like, whoa, that looks like her. What what's going on there? Um, yeah. So and then, yeah, of course somebody else has a copy. Mm-hmm. And then another person has a copy. I think, but everybody's got a copy of this damn Playboy, and somebody just so happens to have put the most important notes of their life on this Playboy on, on a, a centerfold. centerfold. I guess they needed Seems more room. Weird. But uh recycling. I'm for that. That's cool. Gosh. I that's my least favorite part. I, I don't know. We'll get into that. But how prolific is Playboy in the eighties? Like does everybody have a copy and is the centerfold yeah. not a, a nude? Like it seemed like a the very The centerfold was not nude. Really? Right. And what the fuck is the rating of this movie? Because they say fuck a couple times. They say it twice. Uh, I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna comment on that. They say a couple of other the things. The Playboy but, is everywhere. Yeah, um, it's so, not particularly lewd. It's sexual, but it's not. But if it's for kids, why would there be a Playboy in it? Because I mean, boys. What age group do you think this movie is for? Uh, definitely preteens. Yeah, and above. I'm going eleven to seventeen is the age group here. I think. Yeah. Okay. When I was eighteen, I would be in- PG thirteen is is oh, the there rating. You go. So, uh, in the era where they allowed a f word or two in a PG thirteen. But yeah, this is basically teenagers mm-hmm. and just before your teenagers. Because I probably watched this the year it came out. I was seven years old probably when I watched this. Oh my God. Um, wow. But I'm like the little girl's age. So I mm-hmm. identify with her. Like everything in my mind is seen through her eyes. Uh, and that's why I think it's a good movie. Because no matter who you are, I think you can identify with somebody Ooh, in this movie. Okay. So is that what makes this timeless? Like there yeah. is a lens for every mm-hmm. age group. Yeah. Even, um, I know that it's not, the specificity is pretty loose even, uh, especially, right. uh, Thor is obscure at this point. This is not a popular character in 1987. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that part of it is pretty weird. Uh, the He-Man and She-Ra would have made more sense. I I don't know if I would have preferred He-Man and She-Ra or Thor. Well, and how do you represent that? She's into both of them. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah, I don't know. Because I don't think I would have liked it as much if... Uh, I don't know. I don't think I would have liked it as much if she was into He-Man and She-Ra. Like, that's cool and everything. And I get the woman empowerment with She-Ra. That's awesome. But the fact that she is a girl who's that into Thor and wants to dress like him. Mm-hmm. This little girl is actively participating oh, she's got in Thor all drag. over her bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. She she doesn't want to be with Thor. She wants to be Thor. She's carrying the little hammer. Super powerful. Yeah. I think that's great. It actually makes a little bit more sense with the mechanic guy at the end and his long blonde hair. Yeah. That, that could have been He-Man. That, so, totally. But 
He-Man has a sword. Thor has a hammer. This is a mechanic. He has a hammer. It makes more sense for it to be Thor. It does. That's what I'm sticking with. It truly does. Yeah. Jumping ship. Can we talk... (laughs) Can we talk about the jazz scene? Yeah. You mean the blues scene? The blues scene. I'm so sorry. Um, So that's the one flaw in your summary is it's not the jazz singer. It's not. It felt like (laughs) the jazz singer. Yeah, there were some elements, but... I was waiting for Neil Diamond to come in and appropriate music. All right. So they're sneaking through a building Mm -hmm. and... They follow the loudest noises they can find and and find a stage. Yeah. And then on that stage is a blues band. And the blues band says, you can't leave until you sing the blues. Now, this is strange because this whole movie has kind of a R&B or blues or soul or Motown kind of vibe. Like, it's all black music. Did you notice that? Uh, I wasn't sure about the the beginning song. There's I believe that it's 50s all black bop in the in beginning, this, or for the most part, it's. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really interesting. It 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 feels like the naive the naive white person navigating a diversified America. Yes, which is why I'm really like timid talking about this, but I do yeah. want to touch on it. Right. Um. I love Joe Gibb. Joe Gibb is the car thief. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate the situation that he's in. And I think this is like the white man perspective on that kind of a situation. Totally. We have a car thief and he works for uh, some other guy. And then he works for this white man who runs the whole entire situation. So he just sends out all of these other people to go steal the cars. Yeah. And then he just runs the operation. He's right. not doing the part of it that he could actually get arrested for. Right. So I think this is a weird white perspective attempt at telling that story. <laughs> and I mean, is anybody else doing this at the time? I'm far less familiar with 80s movies. Uh, I mean, yeah, of course somebody else but not in this lens no Mm -hmm. uh and certainly not uh, for this audience Mm -hmm. this is kind of just your run-of-the-mill uh theater movie this is not your indie kind of edgy movie this is a hollywood movie it just seems like there are a lot of moments in this movie that are social commentary Mm -hmm. but it's like watching the boys on Amazon, right? you watch it because you think it's going to be about superheroes and then they start talking about rape and you're like, oh, I didn't know that that was going to be in this. That's really cool that they're touching on it. Yeah. Um, but that's not what you came here for. But it's cool that it's it's being discussed. Right. There's also a very young prostitute. Uh, yeah, a 17-year-old prostitute. Yeah, a sex worker, whatever term you want to use. She's 17. <laughs> Which immediately makes me think of... The original lady, uh, young lady that calls her friend Chris for help. What's her name, Barb? Brenda. Brenda. <laughs> but we think she it's is Barb because she is the Barb of this movie. I am very worried for her. Barb is dumb. Barb is dead. Brenda. Sorry. Now I'm confused. Brenda is dumb. <laughs> Barb is also dumb. But and dead. <laughs> and dead. But Brenda? She just sucks. She's the Velma of the movie, for oh. sure. 
she loses her glasses uh she gets caught up in these weird well you looked at me early on when in her uh adventures which Mm -hmm. god i wish we saw a lot more of that we kicked off the episode with a clip was, from her getting a hot dog, and fuck, man, if we just had five more of those scenes, this it would have been great the if they movie. were all like the hot dog scene. But they were like genuinely scary. I mean, think about you being a kid in what is this, New York and or Chicago, and being in a bus stop all alone with some well, guy who's waving around a gun. Yeah, you were questioning whether or not this was true. Like, yeah. And yeah, the world was like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly New York in the 80s was rough. I, uh, Chicago, I mean, I couldn't really comment on either personally, but yeah. this is my understanding is, yeah, they've cleaned up a little bit since then. The bus station scenes took me back to a uh, trip I went on in high school when I was 17 to New York. And I was just like walking through the world with like rose colored glasses. And apparently... Um, some friends that I was with told me later there was some guy like drinking battery acid in uh, Times Square. There was another guy who like flashed somebody, another person who uh, got their purse stolen. And these were all things that I like, I totally just glazed over, did not even notice anything was going on. Yeah. So like, thank God I was never in Barb's, or Barb's, Brenda's, Brenda. Brenda's position. Ran away from home though, which is why I'm worried about Brenda. Because I have a feeling shit is not fun at home. She talks about poisoning her mother. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just worried that she's going back home to some abuse. You know what I mean? There's some questionable stuff. I also get the vibe that, like, in in an offshoot of this, Brenda is gay. For Chris? Yeah. Yeah. There's a Broad City situation going on mm. where Brenda is like way into Chris. Is that a Broad City situation? That is a Broad City situation. That is okay. Yeah, definitely. Sure One is this? far more into the other than the other uh, is to the well, first. Yeah, yeah, yes. Okay. Um, yeah, that's the vibe that I'm getting here. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm just wanting that to be a narrative that happens or what. But yeah, either way. Not good things for Brenda. No. I no. feel uh, like... Why would she run away instead of going to Chris's house? Or uh, the kid's house? Right. Did, did she know? Oh, she didn't know Chris was there, though. But she called their house phone, so she did know Chris was there. There also, you go. Also, I think the mom comes in while they're just, like, hanging and asks the daughter, Chris, if she wants to babysit. They're together when that scene happens. So Brenda definitely knows. That's fucking bullshit then, because Brenda knows she's running away. Yeah. Also, how are you not going to tell your best friend you're running away? This is where I'm going with this. Like, if I'm about to run away, I'm calling my bestie. I'm looking for plot holes in this. That's the other thing. I think this is a really well-woven tale. There are a lot of different things going on, and people come in and out of this movie in really cool ways. Like, not cheap, cheesy ways. I think that Mm -hmm. uh, they're effective in uh, the way that they pull it all together. The only flaws that actually happen in my perspective are character indiscrepancies like with brenda it doesn't make sense why she doesn't 
tell people that she's running away, especially she's her abused, best friend. Kaylee, I'm telling you, there's a really dark side of this movie where there's Brenda be, right? has a terrible home life and there's, you know, physical abuse and, and the like. And, uh, this is a dark side of the movie that we never get. We just see the fun stuff. We don't stuff. get, right? Well, uh, it's not all fun. We do see a guy with a gun, a guy who lives in a phone booth, and a 17-year-old That's prostitute. His house. <laughs> That's his house. Get out of my house. But it's also some but other lady's house. Apparently, it's everybody's house. <laughs> it's like our that. house. Like that in Brenda the middle of the bus station. Just, you moved! <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. think that's the best one-liner in the movie. Here's I'm telling John. you. Yeah. Uh, there's so much. It's fun. This movie is just fun. Left yeah. and right. There's only... Uh, well, let's get into your favorite part. Okay. Okay. Uh, favorite part. Uh, there's so many to choose from. Uh, I'm stuck between the opening scene, that opening montage that is so 80s, where she's getting herself ready. She's listening to her music and lip syncing. It's a very like RuPaul moment. I okay. love it. Yeah. Or any scene with Sarah. Like literally any scene with Sarah. She okay. is the whole movie for me. Yeah. She's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Very, very solid. Well, if you had to pick a least favorite part of the movie. Easily the blues scene. Like why? Why the does blues. it happen? Yeah, Albert Collins isn't the most famous blues artist in the world. I instantly recognized him, but I couldn't think of, you know, what he was truly famous for. Weird flex, but get it? I mean, he's cool. Uh, Albert Collins is dope, but what the fuck is he doing in this movie? And why the fuck does this scene exist? Okay, so it's very stereotypical of John Hughes or Chris Columbus films to have a musical scene. Okay. You know, why does the musical scene in Ferris Bueller exist? We don't know, but it does. She is living a life worthy of a blues song at that time. Is it though? This thing happened to me. Another thing happened after that. Yeah. Yeah. So she is definitely. I think it's more worthy of a country song. Give me the country song. The country song is uh, My Parents Suck. They Made Me Babysit. No, not going to happen. Because I'm not buying it. (laughs) I don't believe you. Boys are terrible. I'm going to do my own thing. My man kind of sucks, but I'm not ready to leave him. These are very, like, stereotypical country song things. Well, is she she not ready to leave him? Because they ask her, uh, Mm -hmm. do you like him a lot? Or what is what the fuck is the phrasing on that? Yeah. I know the scene. She's got to double down. And she says no. And then she says yes. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, she definitely does like him. I don't think she really liked him that much. No, I think she has her doubts. Nah, she saw that dude at the college party. And she was was. like, hey, what up? She was already getting pressured by moms to go to college, and then she saw that dude, and Mm -hmm. she got all starry-eyed and shit. Um, I feel so bad for the homie, though. He gets no love. The only person who receives no resolution is Brad, and I feel bad for him. Brad... Brad, the, the brother. The brother Brad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the brother Brad. <laughs> it just doesn't sound right. Yeah. Uh, the brother Brad is very sad. <laughs> just like Brenda, maybe they're going to end up together. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's my movie poem. <laughs> uh, I will not be doing these forever. Uh, 
<clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Very sad. I think the sadder person is his friend. What's the friend's name? Mm. They should have just call that kid Boner or something. Daryl. Daryl. Well. They do call him a bohunk, or do they call somebody no, else no, a bohunk? No, 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 no. That's what at the party. What the fuck is a bohunk? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Big bohunk. <laughs> Oh. I know bonehead. I don't know bohunk. I've never heard that before. Bohunk. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm on board. Fun stuff. It's cool. I'm going to call somebody at the grocery store bohunk. <laughs> Big dumb bohunk. It's all like the last broccoli, you bohunk. He's just a kid. Dumb bohunk. Yeah. No, uh, circling back. Blue scene is my least favorite. I understand why it exists. I think it could have been better. Uh... I also don't think it's necessary, mm-hmm. but it was another box for Chris Columbus to check. Again, this movie had to have everything. Yeah. It literally, I mean, I don't think you can name a movie that I I couldn't say there's some element of that mm-hmm. in Adventures in Babysitting. Yeah. I don't know. There's, there's so much alien, going on. Something like when, super sci-fi, uh, but... Otherwise, this movie comes out in 87, 87. Okay. So did he direct Gremlins? Chris Columbus? Am I wrong? No, I don't think. Well, no, he did actually. Yeah. That came out in 84. So this is not his directing debut. I think he wrote this or something. I I don't know. There's something that it's a first for him. Hmm. Okay, because oh, I wrote down a timeline no, just so. Like an idiot. Hey, no, no, this is what the podcast <laughs> is for. We're learning. Um, I wrote down a timeline just so I could get like my head on straight. Gremlins is eighty four. Goonies is eighty five. This is eighty seven. Okay. And then Home Alone happens sometime after that. Then Harry Potter happens. I had no idea. Like, I'm such a Potterhead, had so, no yes, idea. first directing, uh, he wrote the other movies. He didn't oh, direct them. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. So this he did direct this. Okay. This is first. Um, and then Home Alone was like the big one where he... Yeah. Does his own thing. Cool. Cool. Yeah. See, we're all learning things. We are all learning things. Yeah, man. Um... Yeah, and I think the last thing he did was Patty Cakes, and he hasn't really done anything since then. Do I know Patty Cakes? Patty Cakes is great. It was like a 2017 movie. It's really, really good. I'm trying to think of the actress's name. Anyway. Patricia. um, (laughs) It's Patricia. Uh, Yeah, yeah. This is his first directing gig, I think. Solid job, dude. Fuck yeah. Yeah. He's got all the boxes. He ticked. had to direct fourteen movies, pieces of fourteen different movies. Right. Yeah. Die Hard is in this. It's, it's all in there. It's all in there. Like that's even crazy there's a to little me. bit of Home Alone in there. A little bit. Yeah. 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 These kids are very abandoned by their parents. It's kids being chased by criminals. Yes. There you go, dude. And that is the most terrifying thing. Like I remember being a little kid and. Full on thinking I had to be prepared for burglary and quicksand. Fuck yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought there was a lot more of that, but I was ready for it in some ways because I was watching these movies. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You just gotta, you gotta roll with it and get some booby traps. Yeah. And be smart. I'm gonna do exactly what Kevin McAllister does. Yeah. And I had it all planned out. I knew where the cans were gonna go, where the marbles were gonna go. Yeah. That's what these movies were for. They were for like putting yourself in that situation. I think 
just to deviate a little bit, I think this is why VR is popular now. It's because of movies like this that really like plant you into a scene. I wouldn't say that this movie inspired VR in any way. Oh, no, that was definitely porn. But I'm saying in part, <laughs> this is kind of a VR moment. Uh, no, I uh, VR. It, no, I don't know. I don't see that. I think it's just a good story. Maybe it's not VR. Maybe I'm thinking more like choose your own adventure, which is also very popular oh, right now. Wouldn't like, that be cool? If the, yeah. Oh my god, you could convert this pretty easily. That's how the reboot should have been. Like yeah. it, I, again, haven't seen the reboot. Don't right. know what it is. But now they should do it. That I mean, yes, yeah. yeah. The only problematic thing really here, and and come at me in the comments if this is not the case, but the only. Thing that I found particularly problematic about this film that they would have to change is the fact that they call for a hero and a homo and he can't be both. You know, other than that, like, I it just, I wasn't cringing. Yeah. They wouldn't call him a homo. Yeah. They'd call him a, a weakling. <laughs> Which I guess it, during this time period would have been synonymous, but unfortunately yes unfortunately yes uh so if they just replace it with that for modern times the guy in the mechanic the mechanic dude is not going to want to be called a weakling yeah no i think he would be like way more ripped oh call him a flat earther (laughs) (laughs) no no thor's a flat earther (laughs) uh okay so what's your uh, pro oh, and fucking con might be. I don't know. Uh, Thor he being a flat be. earther. I don't fucking know. He could be. I mean, maybe. We don't know. Fucking Thor. He is a god, though. He should know better, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Good point. What's What's the best part of this for you? Well, I think my favorite part. All right, everybody. I'm happy for you. I'm gonna let you finish. But this video is the greatest of all time. There you go. Okay. That. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. Um, she moved me in mysterious ways. That fucker's powerful, man. Yeah. Um. Uh, that is Perfume Genius, right? Yes. The song is On the Floor. Um, I watched that a couple of days ago, and this video is made in quarantine. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. I, what are your thoughts? I'm going to leave it to you. So this is brand spanking new. Yes. I'm very impressed. I was rocked. I mean, it was just like profound i felt like uh everything about it was a nice package everything was relative right um simple yet powerful because it's cohesive like the the visuals really are significant and um in harmony with the music yeah yeah i thought it was fucking awesome yeah do i mean i love this artist uh, I think he is a genius. 
like his name. I had heard the title and I wasn't sure when this came out. So to hear it's new is kind mm-hmm. of impressive because I'm thinking this is a really, really good song first and foremost. But yeah. um, like we should be covering this song. That was my first thought. Oh, my God. Out. Yeah. Um, um, so I was, I just, that was my first. I was like, why hasn't she recommended this before? Like, what, where has this been? Well, so no, it's, it's new. Very, so you've not been new. hiding this at um, all. I don't know for sure if the song was written in quarantine, but I know the music video was done in quarantine. Right. And just. But you've not heard the song before, right? No, until like uh, I heard it a week ago. Right. With the video? or Yeah, with okay. the video. Um, I was listening to another podcast, Hey Yo, and one of the people on it recommended this album. So I just looked up one of the songs on YouTube and I like broke down into tears. I was so moved by like the physicality, yeah. uh, the emotion behind it, the words. I looked up some of the lyrics. Yeah, give me some. Okay. So uh, where do I even want to start with this? Uh, the fighting rips me all up inside. Uh, let's see. The violent current of energy. I hide it away and underneath. Yeah, there. Yeah, this is like there's a lot of physical violence discussed in this song. Uh, just the chorus. Uh, how long till this washes away? How long till my body feels safe? Right. right. Oh my goodness. Right. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. What a time to release this. I mean. Well, just for context. Uh, Perfume Genius suffers from Crohn's disease. He's um, very public about that. He also openly discusses his experience as a gay man in the United States. Uh, And he openly discusses domestic violence and abusive relationships. I feel like uh, this song is a perfect summation of all of those concepts. Yes. Yeah, it's very physical and abstract in the dance. I feel like that heavily ties to the disease that he he deals with and he handles and just the words are I feel I feel like there's duality um I th- I think there's also some conversation about sexuality in it as well. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Uh like a a want and a desire for that connection but what if you know that connection that you're finding is not on good footing what if it's not healthy right. yeah mm-hmm. no i just i wanted to share this because it is a weird music video it's very strange and some moments are really uncomfortable to watch and you just laid that other music video on me that was really uncomfortable to watch. So what about this one? And, what about that dude that's in the background like towards the end though? <laughs> did you notice what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. Some yeah guy, I, I think they're filming at a park or something and there's a guy I think he walked into the shop. I have shop. no idea where this, I've yeah. got to assume somewhere in California. It, but Okay, so, it, yeah. so right after I see him though, <clears throat> sorry to interrupt, but uh, it became apparent that some of this is rehearsed and very choreographed, and then they yes. just have this like improvised sort of thing, which is very, very interesting to watch an improvised dance uh, routine that's yeah. thematic. I mean, I think yeah. it's like um, it's like a jam band. You have this structure that's you know pretty solid, and then they kind of float off for a while. It, that you know, I'm sure dancers do that kind of thing as well. Totally, totally. And this is a very expressive dance. I don't think that you could 
do the same thing twice. And I don't know, because I, I definitely do not dance. But yeah, I couldn't see a world in which you would perfectly get it the same way every single time. So it really makes me wonder, like, how many times they shot these moments. Right. Yeah. Or if it was like one take, two take, however many takes. Yeah. Oh, I just, I loved it. Had to share it. Thank you for listening to it. Thanks for sharing. Uh, very impressed. Like I said, get it in the rotation for the band because uh, I think we could do something with that. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Awesome. Thanks for interrupting this. Anytime. Drug. So, yeah. What was my favorite part of this movie? Yes. My favorite part of this movie. My favorite part of this movie. I love all of this movie so much. <laughs> no, just one part. Just one. I know, I know. It's hard to pick. I guess I have to agree. It's just everything with Sarah. Like, her whole vibe is dope. Um, I really love... Uh, what is it? Gibb? Joe Gibb. Joe Gibb. Which is... He sounds so much like a football coach. Joe Gibbs. Right. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I like characters. As far as scenes... Um, shit. The wiener scene is great. The wiener scene is fucking amazing. But that's not like a good scene. I think the whole uh, college party is done extremely well. Because that's yeah. at a point in the movie where it's getting very slow. Like, you're starting to drag a little bit. Um, there's some travel shots and things where you're just like, oh, okay, okay. What are we doing now? And that just ramps things up and it introduces a new character. It um, does. And it has Bohunk. So, <laughs> I mean, it is bookended with, well, not bookended per se, but. Um, it's like it Animal is, House. Yeah, it's definitely punctuated with a Bohunk. I mean, he's just a kid, you Bohunk. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, I guess that's my favorite scene. I don't know. There's so many things that I thought, you know, were when I was a kid, which is so cool. So that's kind of telling. I mean, yeah. just personally, you've told me about some college parties that you went to when you were in high school. So that, yeah. that checks out. College parties were a really, really cool thing when you were in high school. Right. Well, uh, no, when anyone was in high school universally. Oh, well, yeah. I don't know, man. I think this movie has adventure. This movie has truth. Yeah. Which, it's not blatant truth, but there's, I mean, they stumble upon truth in this film. So I think... But that's how kids get to truth. Yeah. They do stumble upon yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah. Um, now, my least favorite thing is probably the scene in the garage with the mob guys that scene is just dull 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 it's really? stupid as shit because the guy is blatantly ignoring them um i mean the one that's on uh joe gibb you're talking about when they're trying to escape yeah they trap them in that room they say go upstairs and they're in this little room and they see mm -hmm. this vent in the ceiling um and the kid steals the playboy you know that has all the stuff on it he doesn't realize what's on it yeah. uh and then they're walking across this, these beams and shit right up, right above their heads. They even slide a little bit and slide some uh, grossness into the dude's coffee. He drinks that, which I thought was hilarious. I had no other than on that. This. Yeah, I think that scene sucks, but I think it's incredibly dull. I don't like gangster shit, so that's just that's one of my peeves, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to find my notes here. <clears throat> 
Uh, yeah, there's this whole bit about like, how do they not know someone is climbing over their head? And then is this like where horror movies get it from? Yeah, my I mean, my least favorite parts of this movie are the plot holes, and that's one of the plot holes is mm-hmm. and it's not that's not necessarily a plot hole, but to me it's unrealistic as shit and that doesn't work. No. <laughs> but a lot of these movies have really unrealistic bits to them. Yeah. Like I the mean, fact that these kids don't get mugged. That's unrealistic. Right, right. But again, you know, uh, back to what we were saying earlier, this is almost plug and play. You just uh, put in dilemma, put in situation, Mm -hmm. and uh, Mm -hmm. you could update this right now. You could make it more modern if necessary. Um, It's just put them in a sticky situation. How do they wiggle out of it? That's it. Over and over and over again. And it's enjoyable. See, this is, is again, why it would be so cool if it was set up as a choose-your-own-adventure. Fuck yeah. Because it is plug and play. Yeah. You know, it's the same scenes that are taken from all of these different movies. And if you just, like, combine them all together and create different variables, Doug, this would be so cool. Yeah, this thing's got potential. I guess, like, Disney should own it. Netflix is doing Choose Your Own Adventure. Maybe Netflix could reboot this. Yeah. Uh, Get some younger kids in it. I think you get that kid from Stranger Things, the one that was supposed to be the Bueller. I think he's... uh, Oh, yeah, okay. Let's see, what character is he? He's, um... Is he the new boyfriend? Yeah. Yeah. He'd have to be, because he's too old to be the brother. Right. Brad. Right. Brother Brad. Brother Brad. Um... Yeah. Sister Sarah. Sister Sarah, brother Brad. Child care personnel. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, solid choice on least favorite part, though. Um, there are parts of that scene that I really enjoy, like the grit that gets in the guy's coffee. Yeah. It's kind of funny. It's the only cool part, really. Yeah, but the rest of it is very... Um, it's hard to have suspension of disbelief in moments like that that are so ridiculous. I think it's extra fucked up because that is where their dilemma begins. That is where the uh, antagonist comes from, is that moment. Kind of. I mean, uh, the... They steal his Playboy, and that's it. Now they're chased the entire film. If, if, they're never, if they never steal the Playboy and they just get out, is he chasing them? No. Maybe. I mean, they know where he is. So, And I would like to submit the argument that if these guys did not chase these kids, would they have ever gone to the police? Fuck no. No, they wouldn't have. Like, if I was a kid in this situation and I had seen, they, like, yeah. a car theft situation, one, I don't know where I am. Two, I don't know who these guys are. Yeah. Three, I got a bad memory and I cannot describe people like that. Yeah, they can't risk that shit. No. They so they're just going to keep their mouth shut. So I understand well, I why the these bad guys, guys... I meant the bad guys can't risk, you know, yeah, that, pers- sure. that perspective. Um, and also they got the Playboy mm-hmm. with I, the Philly deal on it. But if uh, Joe Gibb never brings them there, which he didn't have to do that shit, he could have no. just dropped them off. Yeah. Like, don't... Hey... I'm going to drive this car in here. Y'all stay out here. Mm-hmm. And I'll be back out in a second. Yeah. 
Why did he come in with Easy them? peasy. I don't know. Because he knew what was going to happen. Yeah, he couldn't just leave him in there, in the yeah. car. Joe Gibb endangering kids and then saving them. I still like the character. There are some yeah. flaws here. Again, the well, only plot fault. holes are the characters. Right. I got a serious problem with that. Well, now we're just picking it apart, and that's not necessary. No. It's still a great movie. It's a movie. You know? It's yeah. a movie. I mean, I still love it. it uh, obviously, not perfect, but uh, damn if it's not enjoyable. It made me feel some kind of way. Yeah. I felt very nostalgic yeah, watching it. It, it yeah. takes you back to a, a time, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, if I had this movie on, just random day, walk through the house, Mm-hmm. Are you going to check it out? Are you going to sit down and watch it? Fuck yes. Yeah? I will watch this movie a million times. I loved it. All right. Well, with that said, mm-hmm. you would stay and watch it with me. 100. Uh, yes. It sounds like you get why I like this. I do. I get it. I totally get it. This checks all the boxes. I know I keep saying that, but like, I can't say it enough. Like, this genuinely has everything. Yeah. Uh yeah, I totally get it. And I so wish that I had the opportunity to watch this movie yeah. as a kid. I don't think there's anything that offensive in this. I mean, they say fuck a couple times, but that's... And there's a Playboy. I, and I'm sure there's a there's a TV edit of this, so... Yeah. That would have been totally appropriate. I mean, what's inappropriate for you in this movie? I'm just shocked oh. that I haven't seen this, like, on daytime television just... Yeah. You know, playing on some random channel. I think it's underrated. I truly do. Oh, for sure. Why does this not get the same hype that Ferris Bueller gets? You know, like, why does this not get the 16 Candles hype? Well, it's not as good as Ferris, but it's it's up there. It's up there. It's definitely. Yeah. If it's not all the way up there. It's up there. You know, it's it's that if uh, Goonies is an A, this Mm -hmm. is a B. Right? Yes. This is just a... it's a B plus even. It's right there. Yeah, it's still a good movie. It's just movie. not the same level. It's not the same quality of film. Yeah. And I think that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I think we got a movie to watch next week. We do. And uh, actually, I ble- I'm, a, I'm a little nervous to find out. What are we watching? You already know. Do we already know? Because I think we've talked about this a little bit. Well, you've mentioned some things you're going to add to your list. You've not explicitly said that's what we're watching next week that I can recall. Then, girl, I'm ready to lay it out. All right. What is it? We are going to watch Blank Check. Blank Check. Mm-hmm. Okay. This has come up, I think, a lot in several movies. It's been referred to, I believe. I am tired of referring to this movie oh, when know. we talk about other movies Got and it. you not knowing what it is. So we're just going to get it done. I need that that meme. I need to get in, <laughs> get involved. Got to know. Yeah. We're going to watch Blank Check next week and I'm, I'm very excited. I think you'll like it. Well, very good. Um, I'm looking forward to Blank Check. I, I'm assuming there's a monkey in it. Uh, do not confirm or deny. I we will see you nothing. next week, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, go watch this movie. If you haven't seen this movie, I think we both recommend it. Um, we will be writing blank checks in the meantime. (laughs) (laughs) Take it easy. Uh, yeah. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm. Boing, boing, boing.